hour and 20 minutes. That, that time flew right by. I know. Isn't it crazy how that happens? Holy cow. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes I wonder like with you guys doing these podcasts, how you don't just sit there for three or four hours. And maybe you do, you might do that a lot of times. Sauce on Beer, Burn, Barbecue. I'm your host, Kevin, and I am really excited about tonight's interview. This has been an interview that has been in the works for two years. Um, I'm excited tonight to finally get to sit down with Scott Page, who is the brains behind my bourbon journey and his amazing reviews that he does. Scott, thanks for joining me, man. Kevin, thanks. And it has. It's been a couple years, so I'm uh, I'm happy we could finally uh, connect and uh uh, yeah. Sit down and have some bourbon and do a little talking. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, Scott, it's been awesome to see your review page and all that just take off. I mean, I, I looked today because I wanted to make sure I got the number right. You're at 1,300 subscribers on your YouTube channel for your bourbon and your whiskeys and all that. And that is incredible. I remember when you started the page. Um, I remember, I think your first review, if I, if I remember correctly, was it. Um, E.H. Taylor small batch. Was that one of the first ones? Um, you know what? Thinking back that long, um, it was it was either it might have been Elmer T. Lee or uh, Blanton's something along those lines. It was something that was a little bit not not where you could just go and pick it right up off right. the shelf or anything like that. And it was kind of. And I guess I'll, I'll give you if if you want like a little a little background into where that whole type of thing started. So originally, when I started my my page, which is my bourbon journey, it was really for me going to be a video diary. I I didn't set it up or even start with any intention of doing formal reviews or anything along those lines. It was really just kind of spun off from enjoying whiskey. And I thought I would just document what I enjoyed and, and never really gave much thought into what YouTube was or what it would do or, or anything along those lines. So that's kind of really where it started. And, and the, the whole thing behind, you know, my bourbon journey was exactly that it was, it was going to be my journey through whatever it was that I experienced. I had no idea what that was going to be. And, and yeah, it's kind of got me to, to this point now where it's nice to be able to sit down, you know, talk with you, go through these things. Um, it, it's, it's allowed me or, or really introduced me to a lot of good people like in this whole entire community. I mean, something I never saw coming, but I'm, I'm happy. I've kind of gone down that road, so to speak. So, and I think that's, I think that's the cool part, your journey and kind of our journey here, you know, with sauce on beer, burn barbecue and all that, they're very much the same. Like I remember when I started this with Alex and all that, we said, you know, if three people listen to it, you know, me, Alex and our wives. So I guess four, um, <laughs> we're cool with that. And we, we've grown big and I'm, I'm so excited. And it's that community, like you said, that community is so amazing for that. Um, yeah. So yeah. where did you get your start in bourbon? Like, were you just like, I'm diving into it one day or? Well, 
you know, I, I guess, I guess with that. So, I mean, really, if you go way back, I mean, everybody's had their experiences with, you know, things and they didn't feel so well after they had some stuff, but, um, really for me, it was kind of after college and all of that. I was, I was out to dinner, um, one night with, with my family and my dad specifically. And he just happened to have, I, I still think it was the, the Woodford double oak. And, and I thought, well, I mean, it had been years and years since I had really tried it. And this is going back now, probably several years ago. Um, and I thought, well, you know what, let me give this a try. Let me smell it and, and let's go from there. So I smelled it, smelled nice and sweet and, you know, inviting. I said, let me have a sip of that. So I took a sip of it. And really from there, I guess, kind of moving forward, it just clicked. It was just something about it that like it was never what I had before. It wasn't, it didn't taste like what I had before. It was just this great flavor of whatever it was I was experiencing at the time. And then it was kind of, you know, you dabble a little bit more, you learn a little bit more and, um, yeah, it's brought me to, to this point where we are today. So. And I think it's kind of cool to hear you say that, you know, like Woodford was kind of like your, your stepping stone for me, it was kind of a Buffalo. Um, and then we did Woodford like literally 45 minutes after Buffalo. Cause my wife was like, Hey, let's go do this bourbon trail thing. And I was like, yeah. Okay. I, I don't know what this is. And I remember tasting that double oaked. Um, and it was, it was like drinking like liquid dessert. Like it was just so good. So rich. It, it really was. I mean, it was just something about that. And and I always said to him, I'm like, well, I'm glad you didn't have or, or pick some super inexpensive or some cheap bourbon or something. And I would have never have gone down this road. So, um, you know, so it was, yeah, it was exactly that. I mean, it just got me on this journey of, you know, you know, you're, you're kind of down these rabbit holes all the time and you're, you're all over the place as you pick and choose and decide what types of things it is you like and enjoy and all of that. And, and not only for myself, but being able to experience kind of like what we may, you know, what we will be tonight. Um, you know, you, you are, you're able to share those, those things and those experiences with people. And, um, you know, as many as, as people may have, you, you remember so many of those things. And that's kind of what was another important thing for me is that it allowed me to latch on to just different experiences with friends, family, you know, all of that. So I, I really, really like kind of where the whole thing, you know, you know, has, has kind of come to, so to speak. So, that was kind of your first, like you said, kind of your first experience in the bourbon. How has it kind of changed now as you're, you've gone on? Like, I mean, is there a, cause I know like when you started out, you said you started with like the Blantons and like the Elmers, you know, the kind of hard to get stuff, but like, yeah, it's readily known and all that kind of stuff. I and mean, now I kind of look at your YouTube channel and you're getting to a lot of craft distilleries and a lot of very yeah. unique, um, whiskeys. How, how did you kind of go from there to there? Like, how, how does that kind of happen? Well, I guess for me, when I first started, you know, I started with these these few things that that I knew were, um, you know, kind of tough things to find. I was happy that I had it. I had no idea really what I had started with those and, and really had no idea where I was going to go from there. But I would say as my like palate started to develop and I really started to 
understand what I liked and why, um, it just kind of spun into trying a lot of different things, you know, different proofs, uh, from different areas, wasn't all Kentucky. Um, but it was all kinds of things. So that's really what has gotten me to where I am now is, is really having the, the opportunity to try so many different things. And, and I've been fortunate to do a lot of different things with some different distilleries. And, um, you know, they've sent me things, which I I'm very appreciative of. And it really lets you understand all of the different types of things that, that the word bourbon is. And the one thing I, I, I kind of always fall back on is that, that bourbon as a classification is the same but different. And and if you use the term, I like bourbon, um, for anybody who says that, I mean, that's going to set that person off to the point like, well, really, what is it that you, you know, really enjoy? And, and that's the fun part for me is being able to really pick and choose what it is I like and, and why, um, you know, so that's, that's kind of that, that part of it. I kind of feel like using the word bourbon, like saying, I like bourbon is like saying, I like the color blue. I mean, like, yeah, very much. There's so many shades. Um, my wife's a graphic designer. She'd be like, well, what do you think of this color blue? And I'm like, that's literally the same color blue you just showed me, but it's a completely different classification of it, you know, and all that. And I think that's very much true. I think a lot of people who get into bourbon, they don't think about that. They think of, you know, you've got your flagship, you've got your beam, you've got your turkey, you've got your Buffalo Trace, your Woodford, you know, your four roses. And I think what's really cool, like what you've done with your pages, you've really started to kind of branch out and expose a lot of these other smaller distilleries who are coming out with some really good stuff. I, I think, I think that part of it is, is, is super important because, you know, so many people, you know, uh, you know, all of us probably are guilty of this. You know, we're constantly trying to track down, you know, the big, the big boys, you know, the pappies, you know, all the special releases and, and, and that's fun to do, but you know, not everybody. And I would say most people, you know, generally never get their hands on, on any of it. So, so for me in, in my channel, I decided, well, I'm early on that, that I'm going to try to, um, you know, get some experience, re- start reaching out to people and, and see if they're willing to share their bourbons with me. Let me review those, those craft bourbons and really try to get a good idea of what else is really out there. Because I think they, the craft or small distilleries don't get always such a fair shake. You know, they're all lumped together as, as craft. And, and I think a lot of people assume that it's all young and and not going to be very good. Well, I've run into some very, very good ones and I've had some that have not been so good. Um, but, but I really have enjoyed the, the opportunity to try so many different things and, and figure out, you know, different profiles that come from different areas of the, of the country, which has been, you know, a lot of fun. So kind of thinking about that question of like bourbons throughout the country and all that, like, I know I'm, I'm a big beer guy as well. So like, I know like you've got like your, you know, New England IPAs, you've got your Southern California IPAs, you know, 
do you see that ever like in with your bourbons like where they're from is there like a different i don't know um, taste or you know I, I guess i guess what i would say is i i, I think the the term terroir or terroir terroir however you wanted to you know say it um that basically meaning it's very specific to the area or the region of, of where it's coming from. So if you just use like, even, you know, from, you know, your area, let's just say Missouri Mm -hmm. or, or Iowa or, you know, the, the Pacific Northwest, those areas, as far as they're either, you know, corn, rye, wheat, barley, whatever it is they're growing all picks up a lot of those different influences from those parts of the, of the country. Now, do you necessarily pick out, you know, what that is? I don't know. I don't think you necessarily pick that part up, but you get some differences in what those profiles become based on where these grains are are being produced and, and how they're kind of making their bourbon. So, yeah, you really start to get an idea of just what the different grains are doing or, or or the taste profile in terms of where it is that they're coming from. So that's been kind of interesting, just, you know, understanding that there's going to be some variances or some difference, differences in, in you know, those bourbons, depending on where they come from. Kind of going back to like your process of how you do your review, because I think that's what I, I really like about when you when you do one of your, your reviews, Scott, is you start with like the history of it. You talk about, you know, what is the, you know, where's this bottle from the kind of, um, I know like right now I, I'm trying to sample from that. You sent me a couple weeks ago, the new riff. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I just rewatched that, um, that reviewed it. And you start off, you told me kind of the history of, you know, the new riff distillery, you know, how it did the OKI. And then you kind of go into three things. Can can you tell our listeners kind of about those three things that you kind of go into? Yeah, yeah. So so for me, um, you know, I, I wanted to to try to kind of separate myself a little bit um, from the standpoint of providing a little bit of information on uh, where where the bourbon came from or the whiskey, um, where it where it kind of came from, and some history behind. Um, you know, the distillery, because that was, that was important to me. I've, I've always kind of gravitated towards, um, you know, history re- related things. And, and so I wanted to make sure that I was getting a little bit of information regarding the distillery, the product, um, you know, any kind of general information I, I could kind of get in there. And then I would go into, um, you know, basically the, the appearance of, of the bourbon, the the nosing the the taste the palate and then kind of the finish part of it and just kind of break it down into into layers but but not necessarily provide like a score or a rating I left that up to the viewer to decide based on what I I you know nosed and tasted if that fits something that that you enjoy then i'll leave that up to you to decide is it worth picking up but so that's kind of what i do with with my reviews is just gather some information and then just try to break down you know each part of of you know those elements of of the tasting process and i think that's really cool that you don't put that score on it because i think so many like i think like when i go to the liquor store or you know when i go get some bourbon i always 
pull up my phone real quick. And the first website I always go to is like Breaking Bourbon or, um, you know, the Whiskey Jug or something like that. And I look to see, okay, what did they rate this as? And I always think like, you know, one of these times I'm going to go find something and it's not, it's going to get a low score and I'm going to pass on it, but it might be really something I enjoy. And I really appreciate that you tell me the, the things that, you know, what you're tasting, what, what you're enjoying of it. But it's not, you're not saying I'm giving this a 97% or something like that because it leaves it open to me as the, you know, person buying it. Do I taste those same things? And I think that's really cool that you do that. I think that's a step, you know, in the right direction for bourbon. I think we're too worried about our scores. Well, and and that's the thing for me, you know, putting a score or a rating, whatever you want to call it on it was very subjective. I mean, what, what I rate a, a 70 or 80 could be somebody else's, you know, 90 or whatever. So it's very subjective and, and a scale again is, is another subjective type of, of thing. So I, I decided early on that I wasn't going to do anything really having to do with, with score. I wanted to leave it up to you. So if you, you know, watched a video and you're like, well, I, okay, I like the nose part of that. I like the taste part of it. I'm going to go try it. I'm not going to say, well, you know, I be, you know, all of those based on an 80, well, maybe to you an 80 isn't very good. And now you've discredited everything I just said, you know, based on one score. So that's, that's kind of what I, I decided to do early on was just leave it up to you as the viewer um, you know, if it was something that you, you enjoyed based on, you know, my, my review. So just kind of enjoying this new riff. I don't want to do a review of it because if you yeah. want a review of it, I would totally recommend go check out your YouTube channel, uh, my bourbon journey, right? Subscribe Correct. to it, hit the bell because you post amazing videos. You do, um, you've done some really cool live stuff, um, where you did some tastings and all that. And I always enjoy kind of, I don't always get to watch them live. I always try and catch up on them and all that. So I really yeah. enjoy it. But I mean, for what you, when you sent this to me, I, I've wanted to try it for a while, but I'm kind of going through and I, like I said, I recently watched your video. I mean, what you said you tasted like, you know, with like the, the kind of, I think it was like a carameliness, you know, like it, it's just, it's yeah. very, it's very gentle, but at the same time, it's very, yeah. very intense. Like it's, I don't feel yeah. like it's not, it's not a very, like, it's very easy to sip, but you're not losing that flavor, I guess is what I'm really trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think they've done a fantastic job. I mean, this was one of them and I didn't, I, I, this year I consciously made an effort to, to not do a, a final review. I wanted to go through one more year of, of tasting bourbons and doing all that before I put out any kind of like, well, you know, these are my top five. So, but anyway, going back to kind of your, your point, you know, with this, this bourbon specifically, this, this new riff, you know, for, for $40 in today's day and age, I mean, it really is a fantastic bourbon and there's good flavor. Um, you know, uh, the finished part of it is really good. It, it smells good. And, and for me, if it smells good, a lot of times for me, whether it convinces me, uh, I think it's going to taste good. So nose for me is, is very important, but, uh, yeah, specifically with this, you know, it was really, it, it was a butterscotch bomb for me. It was a lot of vanillas and the caramels, a lot of the typical bourbon notes, maybe just enhanced a little bit more 
and um, a, a fantastic mouthfeel, which I've kind of started to appreciate a little bit more. Um, you know, if it if it feels good, as kind of odd as that may sound, um, if it feels good in your mouth, if it coats your mouth really well, those to me are all good signs of of a good kind of quality bourbon. So I always like when I get that. You know, they normally call it the Kentucky hug, but I, I, that tingle, you know, and it lingers. Like I want that yep. linger in it, you know, to know that, okay, I just had something and I'm wanting to like try it again and all that kind of stuff. I think that's very important when I'm trying bourbon. Um, yeah. The one thing I'm really curious in is you, you said that you haven't done like a final review or anything like that. You're taking like another year to kind of do that. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed since you began your bourbon journey to kind of where you're at now, how have you, how has your palate changed? How have you really, you know, has it, obviously you've gotten a lot better and, you know, your tastings, you're picking out things and all that kind of stuff, but yeah. how, what have you noticed? Well, I guess for me, and I think this, this may be true for a lot of people, um, you know, in bourbon or whiskey in general, but I would say as I've kind of gone through this whole you know, process, you know, kind of figuring out or, or understanding that a lot of times these, these bourbons that are higher proof, you know, they don't have to be in the one twenties, one thirties, whatever, but a higher proof bourbon in general, you know, brings with it a lot of those flavors and, and, and they're just kind of more amplified and, and, um, like refined and, and not only that, but, what I really, really appreciate the most with a good bourbon is um, a nice long finish. If it lingers for a while and it allows you to just kind of, you know, keep thinking about what it is you've been drinking, that's what I really, really, you know, enjoy. And if I can find that, I try to gravitate towards as many of those as I possibly can. You know, when you get into the um, you know, Elijah Craig barrel proofs, the, you know, the E.H. Taylor, um, you know, their, their barrel proof, um, you know, some of the old Carters that they've been producing these things that are, are a little higher in proof, but have these nice, long, sweet, spicy finishes. That's what I really have, have kind of gravitated towards, um, you know, as things have, have kind of developed. So is there one thing you've noticed that kind of you know, maybe in the beginning of your journey didn't stand out as much as, you know, now that you've tried more, you've kind of picked up more of, um, you know what, I, I don't know if it was, if it was necessarily one thing over another, I think maybe as you try and taste a lot of different bourbons, you start to kind of, um, you know, through the sensory part of it, you know, you start to remember what other things were, um, but the one thing I think that that's kind of interesting is that as you begin to dive into, um, like different brands, you start to pick up a lot of those like notes that come from like, you know, beam or heaven Hill, you know, you may get, you know, a nuttiness from heaven Hill or a strong vanilla flavor from, from beam or, you know, the, you know, honey note from, you know, Buffalo trace or whatever it may be. So that has become, something that you start to kind of train yourself into understanding that when you're tasting stuff, um, you know, that, that you may have a tendency to pick up these certain profiles from these distilleries, but yeah, to pick up some of these, you know, 
these notes that people do, um, some of them are, are, are crazy. And I, and whether it's, it, they're really picking it up, I don't know. Um, or it's, it's crazy sensory. I don't know. But for me, I get a lot of, a lot of the same types of things, just, you know, whether it's magnified more or it's concentrated more that that's kind of really what I do. I, I go into everything as like, a as an open book, I don't want to, you know, try to have a preconceived notion of what something's going to taste like, or, or I don't watch other reviews on it. I try to do it independent and, and not be swayed one way or another. So is there anything you do to really prepare for, I mean, obviously like you do the history and all that kind of stuff, but, mm-hmm. but is there anything you do to prepare? Like before you start doing a, a tasting, like, are you going to eat like green jello or something like that? You know, like something <laughs> fun yeah. kind of like that, or, you know, like when you go in, do you try and like drink like a bunch of water beforehand to kind of get your palate ready or how do you, how does that kind of go about yeah. Yeah. So, so for me, I'll try to do that, you know, whether it's a, a glass of water or whatever, I'll try to make sure that I haven't eaten, you know, uh, you know, pizza or spicy food or something that may affect it. So usually before I do, you know, any tasting I, I've gone probably a, a couple of hours at least, if not more without having anything that would influence the profile of what it is I'm going to do a review of because as, as you're probably very you know familiar with, especially with beers and all of that, as you, you know, taste something, you know, there's a huge impact that whatever it was you just had may have on the flavor of that. And if that impacts that, that profile, um, you know, I don't want that to negative negativity, you know, uh, affect what I'm, what I'm going to do. So yeah, I try to just, you know, make sure I've had a little water a little bit before not have any crazy food. And then for me, um, I really like to try to sit down with the, the bourbon or the rye with whatever it may be, you know, a couple days ahead of doing the review. I am not one to, uh, crack like a fresh bottle typically and, and pour it just because I know sometimes what a little bit of, um, you know, airtime mm-hmm. will do to a, to, you know, do to a bourbon so or a whiskey in general. So I try to always open it up a little bit before I do, you know, a- any reviews just to make sure that, you know, you know, it's just had a little bit of time to breathe and, you know, you're not getting all of that, you know, whatever is, is packed in that bottle right away and, and, and all of that. So I give it a little time to, to kind of breathe, open up and, and really kind of get into the review at that point. I'm really excited because I, I also I saw that you did the old Ezra uh, barrel strength um, review and you and I kind of were just messaging back and forth on Instagram. And we kind of said, you know, you said that it, it gets better as it kind of opens up. And I opened it up probably, uh, I want to say two or three weeks ago. Um, and I remember when I opened up, it was really good. Like I really enjoyed it. So I'm really excited to try it in, you know, another week or so and see like how yeah. has that really changed Um Cause I think that's, that's crazy how much the air affects it. I don't think people always realize that. So, yeah, yeah, that was, that was one of the things. And I think through, you know, uh, you know, experience, I mean, not, not that, you know, we're crazy professionals or anything, but I think, you know, as you get tips from people and kind of start to understand, you know, what kind of things are, are and, you know, what effects they have that, that, that was kind of one of the important things, especially with high proof, um, bourbons was, 
to let those things you know, open up a little bit. Let that just kind of let some of that oxygen get in there and do its wonders. And and at times, I mean, they don't always change or, or change for the better. Um, I would say most of them for the most part, you know, again, higher proof things, you know, do change a little bit, make it a little more palatable and, and things along those lines. But um, yeah, that, that old Ezra for me, uh, I had it, I did open it about maybe two or three days prior to even trying it. So I let it open a little bit and I really enjoyed it like you did. And it was really good. And then after about, boy, now it's been probably close to maybe five or six weeks. And it's just the, the flavors of it have gotten for me, it almost seems a little bit more refined and sweeter, something I really, really enjoy on, in a, in a bourbon. So how do you feel about people? I mean, I know, I know you're in the big boat and I'm in the big boat is, you know, drink your bourbon, how you want to drink it, you know, make it enjoyable uh-huh. for you. But you know, while you're doing these reviews, have you ever added just that drop of water or that's two drops or something like that? Do you notice that kind of, you know, you know, I guess, um, that's kind of, that's always kind of an, an interesting thing. And I, and I've, I've tried it and experienced it before as far as, you know, adding a little bit of water and allowing it to open up and, and kind of, you know, change the, you know, the molecular thing, whatever they want to call it. Um, but for me, you know, I really just like to try things neat. I, I just, for me, adding a little bit of water um, never really did a whole lot for me. At, at times, depending on what it was, it would make things a little bit sweeter at times, but never really changed as as much as maybe either I was expecting it to or, or you know, things along those lines. But so for me, I really gravitate towards just drinking things, you know, you know, neat. And I, I thought about, you know, with that, that point that you, you made with the water, um, you know, adding that in my reviews, but now you're trying to change the whole profile of things. And I, I just never really wanted to kind of go down that road. I did it a couple times and really wasn't sure if I should be doing it. So I've left it as I taste things neat. And, and that's kind of, um, you know, really what I, what I do at this point. It kind of sounds like you're just, you're saying like the distiller put it in the bottle this way. I want to taste what yeah. the distillery or the st- distiller tasted and they did it for a reason. Like, I mean, if they wanted yeah. to add that water, yeah. they'd add that water. Um, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head, you know, and, and I always thought the same thing, you know, people add that this amount of water. And I, I always thought, well, you know, if I wanted to buy, you know, 110 proof or 100 proof bourbon and then bring it down to 90 proof or 95, why wouldn't I just buy a 90 or 95 proof, you know, bourbon that already has that water, you know, added. So that's where I kind of always struggled with the, the water part of it is that, I mean, it's, it does change things for sure. I mean, that's done through, you know, the the science part of things, and they've they've indicated that it does. But for me, I, I just I really enjoy it neat. I like it from the bottle, um, and that's that's how I enjoy my my bourbon. But like you said before, you drink it however you want it. I don't ever tell anybody how to how to drink their bourbon. Yeah, I think that I think I hate the guys that say you have to drink it a certain way because. Yeah, it's enjoyable. It's an experience. I mean, you're 
I think that's the cool part about all this is, you know, what I'm trying here, you know, both of us are trying new riff. Both of us are trying old Ezra. Both of us are trying, you know, you know, Mm -hmm. Elmer T. Lee and you're, you know, four states away from me up in Wisconsin and I'm down here Mm -hmm. in Missouri, but you and I can have this shared experience over it. And I think that's, what's so cool about all this. Um, it, it really, it really is. I mean, that's why even going back to that whole community thing and meeting people and talking with people and and just through technology, the ability to have like the the quote unquote virtual dram. This is the best part of it. I mean, to be able to share this stuff, you know, talk about things. Um, you know that that's the best part of it for me. And I think that's awesome. Like the community behind this whole thing. That's that's the cool part. I mean, yeah, you've got your guys that go out hunting and. They score that Heaven Hill 27 year, you know, like ridiculous things. But I think it's yeah. just just hanging out with people and enjoying something, you know, that brings us all together. I think that's what's really cool about this. So yeah, it, it it really is because you know a lot of times you know what on on social media, you know, you see everybody, you know, whatever kind of bourbon it is that they have, the the common element behind a lot of it is they're sharing it with people that they enjoy being around. I mean, that's the one thing that that bourbon, you know, in itself, you know, has is the ability to bring all kinds of people, you know, together. And it's it it spawns a million different conversations. And and that's the that's the fun part of it. I mean, you never know where a conversation is going to go over a good pour of something. This episode of Sauced on Beer Burn Barbecue is brought to you by The Restillery. Are you in the market for a one-of-a-kind handmade bourbon lamp? Then you need to check out The Restillery. You can get your favorite whiskey bottle transformed into a -a one-of-a-kind piece that your friends are going to be jealous of. Make sure you check out The Restillery at www.therestillery.com and check them out on Instagram at The Restillery. They have awesome products and lots of great contests that you should enter. Make sure you check out again The Restillery. Now, let's get back to getting sauced on Beer Bourbon Barbecue. So, the one question I've wanted to ask, you know, and I, you can get into as much detail as you want about it, but... Yeah. What happens when you come across that whiskey or that bourbon <laughs> that's just not good, you know? And I know yeah. like the stores, they send you stuff and all that kind of stuff. And I know for like me, you know, I'm a teacher. So like I kind of have that work around of like, oh, well, you tried really hard, you know, like, yeah, I yeah. want to still give you positive feedback, but you just you missed it. Like you're you're not there. So how do you go about <laughs> that? So so for me. Um, what I try to indicate to everybody who who sends something to me is to set a standard right away that I I, I will accept the 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 whiskey with with the premise that I'm going to do this as an independent review and and if it's something that I just you know don't enjoy. The last thing I'm I want to do is go on and and bash something 
you know, as a review for me, there's, there's no point in that. Now people will say, well, you're, you're not doing, you know, the public justice by, um, you know, by not, you know, posting that review. And, and I say, okay, that's a fair point. However, I'll let you figure that out. If you come across it and you want to try it, so be it. But I'm not in the business of bashing people. Now, with that being said, I still am going to give a an, an honest, um, unbiased review. If if I enjoy it and I like the profile of it, I'm going to tell you exactly that. Um, it doesn't matter whether I have been given it. Um, if I bought it, I'm treating it no different. And I tell the distiller, the distilleries exactly that, that if this is something I just can't get behind or I don't enjoy it, I'm not going to bash you. I, I'll tell, I just won't review it. I'll send it back to you, whatever it may be. I just won't review it. But I've not, I've not run into that fortunately, um, very, very often. And, and the other thing I was thinking was that, it's not always that it's bad whiskey. A lot of times it's just something that may be just very different. Um, I mean, it's still bourbon and, and whatever it was that somebody, you know, put in a bottle, that was their decision based on what it was either that they liked or a financial part of it. And, and that's fine. Um, you know, everybody can have their own, their own opinion, you know, which is, you know, what mine is, it's simply an opinion. Um, but that's kind of how I, I try to deal with it is that it's still unbiased, but I, I just want to try to get out, you know, at least something positive, you know, I'm not in this to be, you know, the, the negative guy who was going to go out there and bash all of these, these you know, these people who work hard to, to produce these whiskeys. Um, so that, that's kind of what I, what I do in a, in a nutshell with, with that kind of, you know, thing. And, and people, people have said to me before, well, they disagree and that's fine. I, I get it where they want me to, you know, be more negative and be more upfront about those things. Well, um, that, that's just not what I'm, I'm going to do. Uh, if, if it's something I, you know, am, am okay with, People have commented before that they can tell that I'm being a little more like uh, politically correct when Sunshine I do the review. Roses. Exactly. Yeah. So I'll, I'll kind of, and people will be able to pick those out if they watch my videos about, well, maybe I'm not super crazy about it, but that's going to be for you. If, it, if what I just described to you is still something that you enjoy, perfect. You go ahead. You enjoy that. If you don't and you picked up on my you know, kind of body language or how I was, you know, interpreting that. Uh, well, then that that's up. That's for you to decide, you know. So, yeah, it's a it's a slippery, slippery road sometimes. So, OK, so what are the bad ones? No, I'm kidding. You don't have to answer it. You don't have to answer <laughs> yeah. that. Um, yeah. yeah. So, well, one, one of them's out of business now, so I can say that they're yeah. no longer even in the business. But all right. Well, what is that one? So it was a it was a company out of California called oh, California Dis Whiskey. It was California oh, Whiskey. Oh, okay, but who was yeah. it? Yeah, it was. They were called Do Good Distillery, and I, I mean, they do bad. 
they do. It was that. not. It was really not. I, it really had no profile of what what like bourbon was. I, I wasn't even sure, to be honest, if it was that. Um, okay. you know, and and I. I, I struggled with, I think I still did it and sugarcoated through most of the whole thing. And I just, I, I should have never have done it. And I did. And I, I still, it's one of the things I kind of still regret kind of doing, but I've learned my lesson to, um, and one other one, they're still in business and that's all right. You don't have to say that one. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I just told them, I'm like, I just can't, I can't get behind this. It's yeah. just, you know, not something I, I enjoyed and, and I don't want to, I didn't want to be, you know, bashing like I said right, before. So. Right. So yeah. when you're doing your reviews and all that, do you keep like a detailed notebook of it? Like, I just purchased the uh, what is it, the um, King County? Like, they have a whole book that they do, uh, and I've, I've really been trying. I've actually not done it once this year. My goal this year was to kind of keep more notes on what I'm tasting and all that kind of stuff. Do you have a book that you really like? Do you have notes that you really like, or? Um, you know, there, there's, um, I guess I don't have necessarily a, uh, a book or anything along those lines, but I do have, when I sit down to do, you know, any kind of preparation for whatever it is I'm going to do, I still keep, I mean, it's basically just, I mean, it's as simple as a, a, a folded piece of paper that I put a bunch of notes on and try to break down these different elements of, of whatever it is I'm, I'm, you know, nosing and tasting and I, I've got those, you know, in um, uh, like folders and stuff. So I've got those, but I don't have like, you know, the little book and I've been out to places and I've seen people taking notes. That's, I, I don't do that kind of stuff. I, I really don't get into, into that part of it, but I do keep all of my, my nosing and tasting, you know, uh, notes. So if I do want to go back to something or someone, you know, asks me for something, I can kind of at least go back and reference um, you know, similar to what you, what you're doing too, but the, the idea of a book, um, it, it's a great idea and I probably should, I probably should have done it and, or even, you know, do it now, but for whatever reason, I, I just, um, I just don't, I don't know why I don't, but I, I don't. I know for like me, the reason I wanted to do it was so that I would start forcing myself to do it. Like ideally I'd love to go get, you know, a, a moleskin journal and just, do it, you know, yeah. freely and all that yeah. kind of stuff. But just to kind of get those guidelines and all that in there, that was like the yeah. big thing for me this year is I really wanted to kind of start doing that. Um, yeah. Cause I tried to try and keep everything in my head and then it's like, okay, what in the world did I, you know, what was I tasting yeah. last time? And it gets very, yeah. very combined and all that kind of stuff. There's just too much going on up here. That's a it, it does. It, it really is. I mean, there, there is so much stuff going on and for, for people to try to remember, you know, all of these different, you know, nosing and tasting profiles. I mean, it's, you know, all of us, you know, we taste a lot of bourbon and to remember all those things. I mean, it's really impossible, you know, unless you're professional, like, you know, Fred Minnick and those kind of guys who taste a lot of things and they probably have a very, you know, uh, you know, photographic type of memory. They, they, they can retain those things. Um, but for me, that's not me. I mean, I'll, I'll taste like we're drinking new riff or whatever, you know, tonight and, and I'll forget what it, what I just tasted, you know, after I started drinking some old Ezra or something, I won't remember any of that, but, 
um, you know, I, I know that I enjoy it and that's always the main thing. So is there one thing, cause I, I want to kind of focus a little bit on, on, on your craft side, because like you said, you've, yeah. you've kind of hit a lot of craft distilleries and all that. Is there one thing that stands out to you that makes a good craft distillery? Cause I know like a lot of them are starting to kind of hit that two year age mark, two, three year age mark. Um, yeah. and from where they started to where they're at now, it's like two completely different things. So is there something that stands out to you in a craft distillery that you're like, in a few years, this is going to be really good? You know, that's a, that's a tough, that's a tough question to, to answer. Um, you know, we, we've all gotten so fixated on, you know, older is better. And, and I've, I've now learned that it doesn't have to be old or older to be good. There's a lot of really good, you know, uh, let's just, let's just start with two year. There's a lot of really good, unique, different two year whiskeys. And I've done a few recent reviews of, of some bourbons that were right in that two year range that had a lot of really, really good, um, you know, bourbon profiles that was to me a fantastic base and, and thinking how that will develop in another, you know, you know, the third or the fourth year, whatever it may be. Um, that part of it for, for craft to me is, is what, what is intriguing is still being able to taste it, you know, young and seeing what that profile is and, and where, and how was that going to develop in another, you know, another, you know, year or two or, or longer after that. But yeah, craft can be, um, you know, difficult at, at times because there are things I've been given that are, are six months, you know, and, and it's grainy. It's, it's impossible for it to not be, you know, very grain forward and, and not have a lot of the, the bourbon notes that we all, you know, really like and appreciate. So that can be a little bit, you know, tricky sometimes, but, um, yeah, craft, it can be, it can be a little bit tricky sometimes. And I'm always pleasantly surprised when I, I get something that doesn't have all that graininess to it, that you can tell it's a really, really good, um, you know, base, and it's going to be a, a, a good or even better bourbon in a, in a, you know, the third or the fourth year in. So, okay. Is there a craft distillery that stands out to you right now? Like, is there one like, you know, I know like here in St. Louis, we have one that I really love. Like I've tried their five-year rye and we did a sampling of it and it beat out a couple Willet products. Like, and that's yeah. just us doing it. Yeah. Like, that's not... You know, we're nowhere near professionals. Like I, I had to put that disclaimer out there. I'm nowhere near a professional, but just that taste was just so good. Like, is there anything like you can kind of see? Yeah. So there were there were a couple that I I did not long ago. Now we have one that maybe you're familiar with in in our area, um, J Henry and Sons. Oh yeah, yeah. They're 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 still smaller. Um, I don't know if they 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 would technically be considered craft. I mean, they, they, they may, I mean, I think they're a producer that are, is very similar to a lot of what we 
define as craft. But I mean, um, you know, Liz and Joe Henry up there, um, you know, in the Madison area, they've they've kind of hit a lot of things out of the park. They do a fantastic job with with their whiskeys. But outside of that, uh, there was a rye whiskey that I did not long ago from um, Tattersall uh, Distillery out of I believe it was Minneapolis, Minnesota. It was a fantastic rye. It was a different process of rye, but fantastic. Um, I, I've had some recently that were, um, I think it was studio distilling where they they were four grain uh, rye and bourbon. They had some some smokiness to them. Some different things were added to them, uh, whether it's chocolate malt or whatever it may be. So. They're 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 all experimenting with some very different things, which I really appreciate. I want them to kind of push the envelope and 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 produce these different things. And some people will love it, some people won't. I really enjoy the process of those, but just the craft in general, I'd like to see them trying, you know, some some different things. So I think those craft distillers make the big distilleries a little bit uncomfortable. Because they can do the small batches and they can, yeah. you know, have a maybe a one-off on a small batch when like Buffalo Trace, you know, they do their whole experimental series, but they're doing a hundred and something barrels of like an experimental type thing. I think they yeah. kind of push that. I, I, I like that a lot. Um, yeah. I mean, I've, I've had things that are, that are bourbons that are finished in, you know, scotch barrels. Um, I, I, I really enjoy a good uh, finished whiskey, whether it's, you know, port or cognac or whatever. And all of these different, you know, aspects that they're, they're kind of throwing at the big boys. I think, like you said, it does, it's putting some pressure on them to step their game up. But with that being said, that's where I really kind of appreciate what the craft side of things are doing. They're bringing a lot of these different elements that a lot of us ultimately realize that we really enjoy, and and that's fun. So when you get something that's a – like I just did a review the other day of um, Sagamore Spirit. Mm-hmm. They have a port, port finish rye whiskey. It's fantastic. And they're out of Baltimore, Maryland. I, I, I mean, I don't know how big they are. I mean, the guy behind it is is huge. He's the guy who owns Under Armour. Okay, but um, but it was fantastic. It was it's it's not inexpensive. It's it's a little bit pricey, but again, it's it's just it, it was something. It wasn't the it wasn't like an Angel's Envy port finish ride or anything. It was just different and very enjoyable. So I like all of these different the elements that these craft uh, distillers are bringing to the to the table. I think that's the cool. I mean, like like you're saying, you know, they can go do a port finish or something like that, and if yeah. it's good, that's awesome. And I think craft kind of gets a bad name in the fact that sometimes they have to charge more, but. They're smaller. They're not making as many big batches. Yeah. They're employing, yeah. you know, five people that they've got to pay, you know, salary for, you know. Um, yeah. But I think that's really cool, you know, that we're getting that out of these these companies and they're pushing these awesome things. Um, so. Yeah, it's, it's all kinds. It's all – I mean there's so many different things that they're all doing now that people have really started to, you know, kind of latch on to. I mean look at uh, – you know, Angel's Envy, they're one of the first ones I can kind of remember that were on the larger side of things that were bringing a, a whiskey forward 
that was finished in something. You know, I don't think people really knew how to react to that. They weren't sure exactly what they're getting. Now you've got a lot of people on board who are trying all of these different things, which, you know, again, I think you and I kind of appreciate that. So, yeah, yeah. I think that, I think that's really, it's fun. It's the fun part of whiskey. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What are some of Scott Page's favorite whiskeys? Like we we kind of talked, you you try all these different ones. Yeah. Like what are those ones you kind of go back to? Like, what's you know? I don't want to say like, give me a top five or anything like that, but like yeah, for me, Eagle Rare. I always have to keep a bottle of that on the shelf. Um, yep. Uh, Buffalo Trace, you know. Um, yeah. But like, what, yeah, what are, yeah, I'm a fan of I'm a fan of those those two that you just you know mentioned. I mean, not every night do you want to sit down with something that's going to blow your mind. I mean, they're just easy to kind of drink, and you know what the profile is going to be. But I, for me, um, you know, some of my favorites are it's it. You know, I love the Elijah Craig the Barrel Proof. I love it. It's just you know all of them have a little bit of a little difference to them. But I, I love what they've all kind of brought. They don't drink for me nearly as high as the proof is that they are full of flavor. The finishes are are fantastic on them. Um, the E.H. Uh, e. Taylor barrel, barrel proof, another fantastic you know whiskey for me. If I if I would have had a chance to pick a a 2018 whiskey of the year for me, it would have been the E.H. Taylor barrel proof. I, I enjoyed it that much. It was. For for me, a, a an absolutely fantastic whiskey from the time you nosed it to the time you were done drinking it by the end of the night. So that would have been my my 2018 whiskey of the year. But um, one other thing I really really enjoy, um, uh, Old Carter. So Sherry and Mark Carter, which uh, were very instrumental in bringing back the brand um, Kentucky Owl. So they had part. They had partnered up with Dixon Deadman, who ultimately took over the brand. They sold their their portion off to uh, to Dixon Deadman, and um, now they've they've kind of started their their own brand of, of Old Carter. And I had um, this past uh, November an opportunity to kind of sit down with them, go through some of their their lineup, and it was absolutely outstanding. They at the time they had. Uh, two rise, I think batch one and two, and maybe a bourbon released at the time. And for me, the the profile was exactly what I wanted. The nice, bold flavors of of a whiskey um, that had good mouthfeel, um, um, you know, great finish. That's exactly what I'd like. So that's one that I've 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 really kind of gotten into. And I guess one other one from a finishing standpoint was. Uh, Bardstown Bourbon Company. They've got a, a, a couple of releases called the the Collaboration Series, um, which was, I believe, ten year MGP bourbon finished in a couple of different things. So they they do a fantastic job. So those are kind of some of the ones I I try to you know it, it, outside of the the ones that you had just mentioned before, where you know you kind of gravitate towards um, you know those on a on a nightly basis, but the other one I think you and I were talking about before for 40 bucks, the old Ezra seven, seven year barrel strength for 40 bucks. You can't beat that. Oh, no way. No way. I mean, I think Luxco, I mean, one, I love, you know, Luxco, the guy who owns it is out of St. Louis. So I do love that. Um, 
he's a part owner of the blues. So I do love that too. Um, but yeah, I mean, for what it, for what they're coming up with, it is really good. Um, I had, oh, what is uh rubble yell tenure. I just had a sample of yeah. some of that and that was really good too. I'm really sad to see they're kind of starting to discontinue that from what I'm hearing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I did a, I actually, that was, uh, I did a review of that not long ago as well. And, um, maybe the, may, might've been the last one I did, but yeah, I kind of did it with the, with the idea that they were discontinuing that as well. And it's, it is, it's another yeah. fantastic weeded, weeded bourbon, you know, I would love to see you do the regular rebel yell next to the small batch and just kind of watch your two videos on that to see like, <laughs> is that small batch? I mean, I know it's nowhere near a 10 year, but like, are we getting something, you know, similar in that kind of boat? Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's been a long time since I've had just their, their regular, um, rebel yell kind of small batch. So, um, I wouldn't even have a, a frame of reference for, yeah for what the profile of that even is. But yeah, those side-by-sides or doing things uh, blind, it's it's such a great way. And I guess that would be one thing for a lot of people getting into bourbon that I would recommend is trying things blind. If you don't know anything and you've got a few friends who, um, you know, have some bourbons, try stuff. Don't, don't know, don't know the name of it. Don't have any idea what the, the proof of it is and try it that way because, you know, you and I, you know, both know you, you can be influenced so much by the label of that bottle. You know, now you've convinced yourself that it's either good or bad or whatever it may be. And it, it really just doesn't do justice for the, for the bourbon, you know? So it's funny. We started doing, um, and probably in the next few weeks or so, I'm going to release another episode. We kind of do, we call it our Whiskey King, our Whiskey Extravaganza mm-hmm. Palooza, because, you know, it's the shortest name we could come up with, um, <laughs> where yeah. we kind of start doing some of that blind tasting, all that kind of stuff. And our last, actually, the very first one we did, the bottle that won was Jim Beam um, Double Oaked. Like, and that's mm-hmm. one, like, I would never have thought about getting, you know, I'm, I'm not a big Jim, Jim Beam fan. I like the distiller's cut. I like the repeal, but like that was kind of it. Um, I kind of got on the hype train for that. But I was like, this is so good. And when Guy um, showed it to us, I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, how did this beat out, you know, what we were all enjoying? Um, yeah, it's the best. It's the best way to really understand you know, what it is you like and why it takes all the bias out of, you know, choosing something when you've got four or five, you know, glasses in front of you with no bottle or name, you are going to pick the one that you like the most. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's as simple as that. And it's, it's the best way to really decide what it is you like. Um, there's really no other way to say anything, you know, other than if you can try or have the ability to try things blind, do it. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Our next one we've got coming up, I think we're going to try to shoot to record another one in February. So it'll be out probably later March and all that. We're doing mm-hmm. just heaven Hill. We decided you can only bring a heaven Hill product. And I think that's really cool because I think a lot of time, you know, we'll bring different bottles and each distillery, you know, has a different kind of, smell or taste to it and all that kind of stuff. Um, 
I always feel like Buffalo Trace is really easy to pick out, you know. So we, we're kind of trying to narrow it down like that. But uh, yeah, yeah. What would be some advice you, you know, you said try things blind and all that. Is there any other advice that you would maybe give to somebody who is either kind of starting to kind of think about like I want to, you know, maybe not get online and review bourbons, but really kind of dive into, yeah. you know, understanding more about what I'm tasting. And is there any other advice that you maybe would give? You know, I guess the only thing I, I would say to a lot of people who are just kind of getting into into bourbon is, um, you know, start lower proof um, because, you know, anything, uh, you know, above 80, 90 proof, um, you know, it, it's strong for 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 those of you know, for those people who, you know, aren't used to, to drinking what what we all, you know, kind of drink. Uh, you know, even 80 proof is still high alcohol mm-hmm. and, and, and will will want to, you know, burn. And, you know, the best thing to do is just kind of start there, start at the bottom, try different things and and just take your time with the stuff. Just, you know, sip on something a little bit, give it a give it a shot. But the, the one thing I would say is that one thing I've learned is don't ever judge a a whiskey or maybe anything in in general off off that first or second sip. Uh, you've got to prepare your your mouth, your palate for for whatever it is you're going to taste because initially that's going to it's going to shock your 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 mouth. It's going to shock your palate. So you know. Take your time. Take a few sips of something, and then you'll start to get a better idea of the true profile of, of, of what it is you're tasting, and and if it's something that you enjoy or not. So I would say just you know start low, take your time, and if if you have to add water to bring down the proof or whatever, do it, do whatever you have to do. Um, that would be you know some of my kind of just you know, general advice. So is there one that you would maybe suggest someone try? Like if you're like, Hey, I'm starting to kind of get into bourbon. I know we have a lot of people yeah. who are big into beer, big into barbecue that kind of follow our page, you know, who maybe yeah. aren't diving into the bourbon as much, but is there maybe one, you know, on your journey that you've gone on that would work? Uh, boy. Well, I, I guess what I would try to start somebody with like right away, somebody who's maybe never had, uh, much or, or any bourbon, I think the the more you can push them towards a weeded bourbon, which will naturally be a little sweeter, softer, more approachable to to start out there, you know, so something along the line, you know, just, you know, anything, anything, you know, in the weeded, I'm just going to use like Weller for an example, like, like, so like Weller Special Reserve, 90 proof, it's, it's very, very approachable, soft, sweet, you know, mild, so if you can get somebody to maybe start there, you know, with a, you know, maker's mark, something along those lines, um, I think that's a good place for a lot of people to, to start with. And I think even like the maker's 46, it gives it that little yeah. bit of extra, I don't, extra flavor notes and all that kind of stuff, yeah. but you're still, you're still bourbon. I mean, that's still absolutely know, right up that yep. bourbon alley. Um, yeah, another very, yeah, that's a very a very good one. I think that that weeded profile is very favorable to to somebody just at least starting starting out, you know, trying to experience you know bourbon. So, all right, Scott, I've got a really hard question for you. <laughs> um, 
how you are you going to feel when the Cardinals win the Central Division this year? You you kind of cut out on me there. I wasn't exactly sure what you. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I'll I'll tell I'll, t- I'll tell you what. It's going to be that part of it is going to be a battle. I think there's probably one thing that you and I will agree on is that you know what I'm going to say. The last team I want to is, be in there yeah. is the team from Chicago. Oh, you know, Cubbies. oh my goodness, you got it. I mean, it is. It's it's unbearable. I mean, it is. Um, it, it's just something you you know what it's like when you go to a Cubs Cardinals game to to deal with that fan base, and ridiculous. and it's ridiculous. Yeah. And it's just, I, I mean, it, it's you 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 get very hostile. I mean, you are like like I mean, you say like I mean, like I don't think that half of these people have ever watched a baseball game in their entire life. Like, I mean, you have no idea, you know, they think since they have one ring, they have something to talk about. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it took them a million years to win one ring and now they're the greatest things ever. So I was hoping the brewers would do something this offseason. I was so hoping, I mean, I know like knowing you and, you know, knowing a couple other guys up in the area, I was like, you know, if, yeah. the, if it's not the Cardinals, I want the Brewers. I like that team. I like Christian Yelich. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, yeah. It's it's going to be. I think it's going to be another another fun year. I mean, we're not. You know, we're not as used to all of the winning. You know, like the. I mean, you guys, the Cardinals, the Cubs. I mean, there's more of a. I mean, especially with the Cardinals, more of a a history of winning and championships and and all of that. So I mean, we're we're like locked and loaded here. I mean, now that we've got a little bit of a, a chance to make some, a run we're we're all for it. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a, a lot of fun. I'm, I'm I, really looking forward to it. I love a tight central race. Like, I mean, I love yeah. us, you know, having this can, you know, cause it's never fun. You, you always see like the teams, like you look at like the, the, you know, Western conference or, you know, the Western league, there's nothing like, you know, the oh. Dodgers take it, you know, the, yeah, it'll be interesting what the Diamondbacks do this year without Goldschmidt, you know. But well, you know, and that and that's the thing. Like you said, I mean, I, I, I mean, maybe outside of the let's say the the AL East, you know, when you've got the Yankees and Red Sox, and you know they're battling it out all the time. When you look at the you know the NL Central, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you've got you know the Cardinals, the Brewers, the Cubs. You know, the Reds will probably be a little bit better. They mm-hmm. they have improved. You know, the Pirates, they always are a little bit of a thorn in everyone's side oh, somehow. Yeah. So, I mean, it's very it's very competitive. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's really fun. I mean, you like to see your team beat up on oh, those yeah. teams. But, but you know, the, the flip side is, you know, they spend so much time all year beating up on each other that by the time they get to these other teams, they've, <laughs> they've beaten up so many people. But... Yeah, I'm 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 really looking forward to, to this season. All I know stuff. is I'm waiting for that first pitch that Chris Bryant gets in the side for calling it was boring. I mean, well, you, you probably saw what Molina said. He oh, said I that did, yeah. that's gonna that's it, somebody asked him. I think uh, you know, do you think that'll bleed into the regular season? He's like, oh, it'll bleed into oh, the yeah. regular season. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, it'll be good. Yeah, it, I'm excited. It, it won't be long before he's plunked. I'll tell you that. Oh man, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be fun. It is gonna be so much you fun. Got it. So, it will be. Scott, I really appreciate you sitting down with me. Um, do you have any upcoming reviews or anything like that um, that you've got uh, out? Anything exciting? Boy. 
Um, so yeah, I, I got a couple of, um, I've got one, one kind of craft one, uh, which was from, uh, Silverback Distillery. They've okay. really kind of started to, to kind of, they're from Virginia, you know, step right? up. they're from Virginia. Yeah. So they've really got, they've really started to kind of get, get some momentum. Um, I do have a, re- a review of the, uh, David Nicholson reserve, mm-hmm. uh, coming out and, I'll hope to be getting to probably early to middle part of next week some more of the the old Carter stuff. I've got some of that stuff that I want to start doing, so I'm looking forward to that. Cool, cool, cool. We'll definitely be on the lookout for it. Um, YouTube channel is just My Bourbon Journey. Um, follow you there. Um, you're yep. on Instagram as well. Um, yep, My Bourbon Journey there. Yep. Cool, cool, cool. You have a lot of really cool merchandise and all that kind of stuff. I know you you have the Glen Cairns. Um, you have the coasters out of the old barrel staves, right? Um, Correct. Yep. Yep. So, yep. so I've got some of those. I don't really have a a website. So that's one thing this year I'm, I'm hoping to kind of maybe start to build up a little bit more of that stuff. You know, not necessarily push it, mm-hmm. but just, you know, let if, if somebody wants something, um, I, I've got the ability to to get that stuff, um, you know, to them. So I've started working with some, some people to – to make those types of things for me. So I'm kind of looking forward to that kind of stuff. Well, I know I can't wait for your next review. I really, you know, I love watching your stuff. I love learning, you know, the history and just kind of, it helps me get a better understanding of, you know, what I should be tasting and how I should be tasting. So I really appreciate you sitting down with me tonight. Um, Yeah. Thanks, Kevin. I appreciate you having me on. It is, it was, I mean, that was, that was my, that was my ultimate goal was that, you know, now, knowing what I know now, you know, that, that, that people have a little bit of an, an appreciation for, for what I do. So that, thanks for saying that. I appreciate that. And I know you and I, we, we've been, you've been longtime followers and all that. So I really appreciate, you know, all the support yeah. you've given us and all that. So, um, I really encourage our listeners go check out your page, you know, my bourbon journey, uh, get in contact with you. I mean, you're super, you know, caring when you come to wanting to educate people and all that. And I I really appreciate your openness for that. Um, so again, thanks for, uh, thanks for joining me tonight. Um, yeah, thanks Kevin. I appreciate you having me. Thanks for the sample of the new riff. Um, it was incredible. Um, I would encourage people go check out that review because it's some amazing bourbon snag a bottle if you can get it. Um, and be on the lookout for your next couple reviews. So I'm Kevin. Um, and this has been sauced on beer, bourbon barbecue. You can follow me at, beer underscore bourbon underscore barbecue and uh make sure you follow my friend scott my bourbon journey and we hope that you stay sauced on beer bourbon and barbecue